Well, once a month, we have the pleasure of checking in with the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science to discuss all the great conservation work our zoo is involved with around the world. And today, a big day, a big week, in fact, for our favorite nature doctor. We're getting the details this morning and say hello to Dr. Axel Morenschlager. Good morning, Dr. Axel. How are you? Good morning. Doing great, thanks. Nice to chat with you. Listen, we, uh, we heard that uh, you had received quite the prestigious honor. Tell us all about it. Yes, okay. I'm very happy too. Yes, it's very exciting times, and, and, uh, but we'll have to get into it on a bit of a story. And this story, I want you to think about going where no one has gone before. Are, are you guys Trekkies or are you Star Wars fans? Uh, Trekkie. I'm 50-50, Dr. Martin. You can't be 50-50. I appreciate <laughs> Pick both. Pick a side, Andrew. I pre- oh, yeah, if I had to go anywhere, I'd have to go Star Wars because of my age. Okay, so okay. we're on opposite sides, Axel. Oh, that's the first time ever, I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be talking about species that actually, if they don't go somewhere where they haven't been before, they might go extinct, but we mm. could help them. And so I want to take an Im- imaginary journey because that's, I think, the only kinds of journeys we can do these days mm. to go off to a small oceanic island on the northern part of Australia's Great Barrier Reef. Okay. When I say small, it's about five times smaller than Princess Island here in town has a maximum elevation of about three meters, as generally just a few centimeters. And on this island lives an oversized, very cute mouse species called the Bramble K. Malomus. Okay? And, uh, and in 1845, a British ship lands there, and they see these big mice running around. Now, what are the sailors going to do when they see big mice running around in the mid-1800s? Get back on the well, ship. Yeah. <laughs> well, they could have done that. They did do so eventually, but first they got out their bows and arrows and then to peg them off for fun, you know. Um, but after that, the uh, the sailors got back on the ship. The mice were happy. Everything was good. But uh, so the mouse populations did very well again of this very unique species. But in recent decades, it hasn't been. Remember, this super flat island has actually been actually subject to sea level rise. There's rising temperatures and frequent tropical storms that have caused direct deaths to these mice, which can't go anywhere else. And uh, at the same time, it's been destroying its habitat. By 2019, the Australian government declared them to be the first mammal that had gone extinct because of human-made climate change. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, for ourselves, we're not concerning ourselves so much with how to limit climate change. Many people do that. But how to mitigate it? What do you do about it? And so... One of the things that's a real kicker about this is that this species could have been saved from extinction by bringing it to areas where it's never been before, right? If there's somewhere else you can put it where it's suitable, then we can use a process that's called assisted colonization, basically bringing them somewhere to save them. It's been employed for different species in the world. For example, actually one of the first uh, was the British Columbia government, if you can believe it, that as of 2010, then to move 15 tree species, including the western larch, which had moved a thousand kilometers north beyond where it had ever been, because in the south the climate was changing, and they thought that by 2030 it would be in the right place, but it can't get there on its own. So they've been moving these tree species north, which are also commercially valuable, so that the species will do all right in the future, right? And there are many more species that need this kind of help. Back to Australia, there's something called what's the western swamp turtle. Right? It lives in only one wetland, and that's drying up. And that affects its reproduction and survival. So they've started to move it 300 kilometers 
south. Remember, we're on the south end of the, the globe, and so the further south you go, the cooler it is as well, right? So when starting to move these species where they've never been to help save them, it isn't just because of climate change, but other things too. Like I was in Eastern Europe uh, in Estonia, where there are these little European mink, very cute little things, little black things with cute faces that are falling victim to the evil North American mink that have escaped from fur farms and are driving them to extinction. So what they've done is they've actually taken these little mink, the European ones, stuck them on an island where they're safe from their American cousins, and so that's helping to save them. So this is all cool. Assisted colonization can help to save these species. Um, and in fact, it could help more in some cases, even if you move them between countries. But this is where the catch comes in, is that when you move species um, somewhere where they've never been, could go really bad, right? So they could become invasive. And invasive species can be very damaging ecologically and economically. There's so many examples, right? Have you mm-hmm. heard of the cane toads that were introduced to Australia or, you know, um, even, even here in Canada, like, um, different kinds of uh, mussel species that are affecting the Great Lakes and so on. So international policy basically prevents moving these species between countries. But we've actually uh, reviewed the evidence and we said that when it's done carefully for, cons- for conservation, it generally doesn't have bad consequences as long as you do it right. Okay, so you said you're going to start with this story and I'm, I'm assuming that this uh, whole concept, this, this broader picture of assisted colonization, is that the topic of the writing that uh, is being published from you and, and your team yeah. from the Science Journal? This is it. So basically what it is, is that because we're the global secretariat for the Conservation Translocation Specialist Group that oversees these techniques, authors from New Zealand, the U.S., Venezuela, and Australia have joined us to write this very um, impactful you know, article in, in Science, which is basically the, the journal where you would find about COVID vaccine development or the Mars mission or things like that, right? And so we, we put out a major piece uh, last Friday that calls upon the United Nations to change its policy to allow for assisted colonization. Mm. And, and it's not that easy, actually, to get the UN's attention, but actually we did. And so uh, very happy to say that they responded to us, saying that they welcome our perspective and want to work with us. And so what we're going to do is we're uh, actually going to work with the United Nations to look at the best ways to set a new agenda for the world from 2020 onwards that will incorporate these kinds of techniques to help save many more species from extinction. Um, this is super crucial uh, for more and more species that otherwise would go extinct, especially those that are actually only under human care. There's a whole bunch of species that are held by zoos or by bota- botanical gardens where uh, they can't go home because of conditions there being bad because of invasive species or otherwise. But we hope to use policy to open the door to allow them, give them a lifeline so that they can still have a chance mm-hmm. of surviving. So for us, it's a big deal because, first of all, it's in sort of the most prestigious scientific journal. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's basically taking us from not just caring about species in the zoo, but also in the wild, not just thinking about biology, but actually inter- uh, affecting international policy in a way that helps shape the global agenda to help more species, help ecosystems, help the people that cherish them, and make a real difference around the world. 
Well, congratulations, Dr. Axel, and thank you for joining us and telling us. We've got a text in saying, awesome information. I love this guy. And that's how we all feel. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for supporting wildlife conservation, making it possible. Always great to chat with you. That is Dr. Axel Morenschlager, the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science. We call him the Nature Doctor.